today on Doomed. I gotta say, this uh, the storm is amazing. <laughs> I know, I know, it's crazy. It's really something else. I thought Pizzagate was crazy. I spoke with Will Summer about. It. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's like, like it, you know, they roll them. Like I compared it to like a Katamari Damacy ball. You know, it's kind of rolled up Seth Rich and Pizzagate and all the others. That's perfect. I love that. <laughs> We're talking right-wing conspiracy so much on today's show, you'll think you're listening to InfoWars. But luckily you're not. You're listening to Doom. Hey, what's up everyone? Let me take a real quick second up top here to implore you all to leave a review on iTunes. That way, when people come across the podcast and see all the nice things you all say about this show on iTunes, right next to the artwork of my face on it, they'll go... Hey, this Matt Binder guy sure looks dumb, but maybe his show isn't. Also, we're on Google Play now, for all you weirdos who don't use iTunes. So, enjoy. Joining us now, he's a campaign editor at The Hill, and he runs this great site called The Right Richter at rightrichter.com, and it follows these crazy right-wing conspiracies, whatever Cernovich or Milo is up to, and it really just captures the essence of these guys. Will Summer... Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Did I did I say your last name right? Uh, yeah, just like the season. Perfect. I should have asked before we started, but that's fine. Hey, all good. All right, cool. So um, I brought you on here because you recently wrote about the conspiracy that's shocking the world of the <laughs> alt-right, 8chan, 4chan, whatever image board they're going to next, message boards, all that, the storm. And yeah. You called the storm the next Pizzagate. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure, absolutely. So this is uh, – it's called the storm or QAnon, so Q-A-N-O-N. And uh, it's really just like the, the hot new conspiracy theory for Trump supporters. Uh, you know, in the past year, year and a half, we've seen them latch on to a lot of conspiracy theories. Uh, the idea that Hillary Clinton had this DNC staffer, Seth Rich, murdered. Uh, and which or that she Hillary- absolutely did, obviously. I mean, come yes, on. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think, yeah. think about it. If you are running for the presidency, what better way to spoil it all than to have some low-level staffer at just, the Democratic National Committee uh, murdered? I mean, <laughs> just, yeah, just, just some murders on the side, uh, and then of course Pizzagate, which uh, you know was this conspiracy theory that John Podesta and Hillary Clinton and all these people were running a pedophile ring out of a DC pizzeria. Ah, yeah. And they had – this all uh, culminated to a uh, guy showing up at the pizza joint with a rifle looking for the basement so he could free the child sex slaves that are, were trapped within this pizza dungeon. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, when he didn't find it, he fired off some shots. Unfortunately, no one was hurt. But, uh, but yeah, I mean this was a whole thing that was propagated by, you know, your people like Mike Cernovich and Alex Jones. Hmm. Cernovich says he didn't do that though. That's weird. <laughs> weird. Who do I yeah. believe, you will or Mike Cernovich? Yeah, you know, it's uh, he, he's really changed his tune on that. Uh, so the storm is this idea that so someone on in uh, like late October started posting on 4chan, which remember anyone can post to without having to verify their identity or anything, and they started posting these very cryptic statements. And people have become convinced that this is a high-ranking member of the Trump administration providing like national security clues. I got to say, just based on that, not so far out to me. <laughs> I can totally, I mean, 
without a doubt, there are people within the Trump administration who are on 4chan and take part in those message boards. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would certainly believe that. You know, the idea that sort of, I, I guess what the clues are leading to, I, I think, is where the, the disbelief comes in. So I guess I could just say, uh, unless you have anything more to say, I completely believe QAnon and the storm. That's it. <laughs> so so I, I should say here, so Q is, the, uh, is kind of our mystery clue giver or what he insists on calling breadcrumbs. And the, the Q is a reference to the Q security clearance. So, you know, this is supposed to be like, you know, some high ranking like NSA official or something. And all of these clues are sort of that like everything that looks bad for Trump is really going great for Trump. So, you know, like really Mueller is investigating Hillary and Obama and Hillary and Obama have already been arrested and they're secretly wearing ankle bracelets. And uh, the storm, which is, you know, Trump is going to kind of get revenge on the deep state and the Pizzagate pedophiles and everybody. Uh, that's what's coming. Hmm. So everything's not going great for Trump is what you're trying to tell me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I would say there's, there's plenty of things that aren't, but it's, uh, you know, they, they twist it. And so, uh, for example, like uh, there's this uh, it, it, all these clues. You can sort of read a lot into these things. And so basically people are seeing these clues and, and they're looking for good news about Trump. And they've created this whole counter narrative uh, of, of sort of this world of the storm. And, you know, MS-13 killed Seth Rich at the behest of Hillary Clinton. And it, there's all these different trails they can follow. It's all based on this person, QAnon. That's where all this information is coming from. Yes. And QAnon can be... I mean, we're talking about him as if he's one guy, but that's not the case. He can be a hundred different people. That, yeah, that's exactly right. And so there's been like a lot of drama over, you know, who is the true voice of QAnon and, you know, false breadcrumbs. And, you know, you have, you know, you have it all splintering off into different movements. Uh, QAnon, whoever it was claiming to be at the time, you know, accused some of the moderators on 8chan of being sort of false prophets of the QAnon gospel. And so th th there's a lot of strife within this movement. But, you know, fortunately, this will all be settled when, you know, Trump does his coup or whatever. From what, from what I understand, the reason it's called the storm is because it all goes back to last October, October 2017. I think it was like the 6th or the 7th, where Trump weirdly, while talking to the press, said something about that this is the calm before the storm? Yeah, th that's exactly right. And so people have extrapolated from that this idea that, you know, the storm is when, you know, Trump's really going to have his reckoning with his many enemies. Ah, so they take this random thing that Trump said. Do you guys know what this represents? What? Tell us, sir. Uh, maybe it's the calm before the storm. What's the storm? Could be the calm, the calm before the storm. <laughs> Out. Without a doubt, Trump just said it off the cuff. He couldn't think of anything to say, so he says that just to basically fuck with all the press there because that's what he does. And they think he was giving them some sort of hidden message. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and so they built this sort of entire conspiracy theory around that. Hmm. So what are some of these uh, type of uh, like, what are some of these messages that they, let's just try to take one of these QAnon blurbs, I guess. Sure. And try to extrapolate from it on our own what you could possibly take from these i mean this guy must be writing a uh, beautiful amazing shakespearean <laughs> soliloquies or something like that that people are just taking so much information in from these short little paragraphs yeah it, 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 it's it's surprisingly rich so you know i have a little bit in front of me if you want me to read it oh please 
Okay, so here we go. And, and, and this is the entirety. These are kind of excerpts from one QAnon message and one of the earlier ones. Okay. Mockingbird. HRC detained. Not arrested. Yet. Where is Huma? Follow Huma. Why did Soros donate all his money recently? Mockingbird 10, 30, 17. God bless fellow patriots. So, you know, there you go. It all makes sense. Ah, I mean, for me, all I'm getting out of that is uh, Katniss Everdeen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and clearly somebody's got a crush on Miss Huma Aberdeen. <laughs> they just can't stop talking about her. Well, so, you know, just running down quickly, it, 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 this has already kind of attracted, like, kind of the, the biggest folks in the QAnon scene are people who already are, like, really deep in conspiracy theory culture. So, like, Jerome Corsi at InfoWars, who's, who was a big birther and can pick up on all the, the clues or what have you, he's, like, a big QAnon guy. And so, you know, this Mockingbird reference people take to me in this, like, CIA project, Operation Mockingbird, that was supposedly used to manipulate the press. So there you have your kind of your prospect of a reckoning with the the liberal media you know then you have <laughs> huma abedin uh hillary clinton and then of course george soros like it wouldn't be you know a conspiracy theory without him i mean if you want to make people believe your conspiracy you got to throw soros in there oh I, yeah, absolutely <laughs> i mean really I, of course he was a big guy in pizzagate all of that like if if this QAnon person or whoever, whatever QAnon number guy 510 left, who wrote that one, if he left out Soros, people would have probably been like, wait a minute, I don't believe this one. <laughs> well, it, it, exactly. They, you know, they'd say it's like a Soros shill or something. The, uh, the, the other thing with the kind of the cryptic nature of these clues is that, you know, they can sort of anything that happens will prove it. So QAnon likes to talk about this thing called Sky Fortress. Now, you know, what does that mean? Well, you know, there's a, a fire at Trump Tower. You know, maybe that's the Sky Fortress. Or, you know, Elon Musk shoots off a spaceship. Maybe that's the Sky Fortress. So, you know, there, there's really many ways that it can be proven. Be as vague uh, but, as possible. Be as vague yes, as exactly. possible. See, the, the interesting thing to me about this whole thing is that, um, you know, uh, it is sort of like, I guess, could possibly be the next Pizzagate in terms of its popularity and its spread throughout the right wing. Uh, mm -hmm. But the interesting thing to me about this one is that, you know, Pizzagate was very specific. There was a place in D.C. is a pizza joint in D.C. that the uh, the hacked emails that were released from the DNC and from the Podesta emails or whatever. Um, they happened to be ordering lots of pizza in there because why? Why on earth would you get the easiest food possible to give <laughs> to a large group of people when running a campaign? Why would you get that food so often? I don't know. But. They they take that place, that pizza place they're all ordering from, and they say, well, there's a pedophile ring going on under there in the basement. And everyone who orders the pizza is involved, and the pizza actually doesn't mean pizza. It's all code. And depending on what topping they want, it means what kind of child they want, which is – that's just – amazing to me always. But this one is so confusing to me that they just fit anything into it. Like anything can be the storm. Anything. Exactly. I mean, once you buy into the, the thing with Pizzagate was, you know, even though plenty of people believed it, you know, it, it, it just seemed so like farcical on its face. Whereas with QAnon, it's a lot more, uh, you know, you can kind of take or take or leave what, what you believe about it. And, and once you buy into the idea that these clues are legitimate, you know, then you can just believe anything. Uh, for example, you know, Infowars now will just take QAnon posts and report them like you know national security insider says you know hillary is gonna end up in guantanamo bay mm. 
Now, you would think that InfoWars would be also contributing themselves to these conspiracies just so they could cover it. That would be the smart thing to do. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and, and in a way, they have kind of taken direction of it because they're involved in, you know, the interpretation and then you can kind of, you know, it meld it in your way. And that's why there are all these fights about, you know, who is QAnon's keeper and whatever. Uh, but, you know, really, I expect this one to, to keep going. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, someone drops uh, drops. Oh, I was about to say uh, someone on Fox News mentions QAnon, but we've already seen Sean Hannity retweet QAnon references. So, you know, who knows? Ah, Sean Hannity's retweeting this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> He's really hurting his his cred with that one. I mean, who's going to believe him when he discovers who really killed Seth Rich when he's tweeting out QAnon? <laughs> yes, exactly. He's got to he's got to watch his credibility. Uh yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking at, I'm um, just quickly searching, and I see Jerome Corsi's name coming up a lot from Infowars, like you mentioned. And one of the one of the videos that he went off on is apparently this one's too funny to me. So QAnon or someone claiming to be QAnon posts a close-up picture of a pen on what looks like a desk. That's what he says in the thing that note the desk look familiar. <laughs> but it really just looks like a pen sitting on some piece of wood of some sort, or it could even be anything. I don't know, some sort of plat, flat surface. And Jerome Corsi goes off and says how that's Trump's pen. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it, it, absolutely. I mean, all, all of the kind of like the, the QAnon proof, it's like, you know, Trump was flying to Asia, and so QAnon posts a picture of some islands, and then they're like, Oh, those are the islands the Air Force One is flying over right now. I see the island one right now. The island, oh, that, it's so, that, that could, those pictures can literally be pictures of two completely separate things. Oh, 100%. You know, they were like, well, maybe it was these islands. Yeah, so basically what I'm looking at right now, just so people can follow along, is, uh, like Will said, there's a QAnon photo of what looks to be some, like, bird's eye view uh, photo of a grouping of islands and then someone posts a photo of what the islands would look like these islands that they're assuming they are uh, in Hong Kong at the time of day when apparently Air Force One was flying over them and they're trying to they, they circle it you know you you will never have conspiracy photos look legitimate if you don't have something terribly circled you know, the squiggly circles around whatever, just to give some sort of... You see it on the YouTube videos all the time when they're unveiling aliens or whatever. The little arrow pointing to who knows what, just so you could click through and say, oh, I need to understand what that was. So oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that, absolutely. They're very... Uh, like, there's no way to do one of these things without making kind of a crazy wall. And, you know, it's like circles and, you know, you have to underline your favorite QAnon breadcrumb and, and so on. This, is, this was something I realized here. With the um, the QAnon uh, the QAnon language, I want to get to, and that's I see a lot of people using, and this wasn't used for for I mean they're usually used for you know the usual conspiracy theories about aliens and stuff like that, um, but this was interesting because I usually don't see this in like political conspiracy I guess the idea of the the follow the white rabbit and oh, all yeah. that sort of terminology. Yeah, so there's like there's like a whole like a whole lingo, and so you know there's like hashtag you know calm before the storm and follow the white rabbit, and uh, obviously QAnon. More recently, they've started replacing the letter O with Q in what they write, 
and it's kind of like you know it's like bloods like who refuse to say like c for crips or whatever oh wow and so they say like you know we just demand <laughs> disclosure i'm looking at it right now that's so stupid <laughs> it, it, it's it's really bad I, I mean so there was this like kind of the highest profile example of this was julian assange and wikileaks posted a copy of uh, michael wolf's book online and then in two parts the q the o was replaced with q in the chapter heads and people were like oh you know QAnon confirmed you know assange is cluing us in you know it's incredible that wikileaks has jumped into this type of stuff i mean i i think assange is an asshole and i think his politics are atrocious atrocious but you know wikileaks always really did even when they released something you pretty much could confirm that if wikileaks was releasing it that it, it was legitimate because wikileaks did have some sort of credibility to them and of course i'm a, i'm sure they have documents that they did not release based on the narrative they want to push. But if something was released, they were legitimate documents. I don't see how anyone could possibly use WikiLeaks as a credible source anymore, regardless of whatever, because their credibility is so shot from sharing shit like the storm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, they like they love kind of like teasing this kind of conspiracy world. Uh, you know, Assange has hinted that you know Seth Rich was his WikiLeaks source, and then of course people love that, and and so on and so forth. I'm looking at a literal. I'm just looking through this stuff while while we're talking, and <laughs> there's literally a 285 page uh, PDF file, like ebook type thing that I've stumbled upon. That's full transcription of every. Uh, QAnon post. Oh yeah, and their like interpretation of like every line for line. There's a there's a table of contents that's it's in itself is like ten pages. Oh, it's astonishing. I mean, there's multiple like it, there's multiple like two hundred, three hundred page PDFs that just you know it's like it, 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 it's like biblical scholars and, and they're just going through and every because some QAnon stuff is just like lines of numbers and then so then you sort of have to Google that and say well maybe this is what it, what it means and and then every kind of QAnon exegesis there's a paragraph where the person will say is it real maybe. I hope so. Like, and it's just like they've devoted all this time to it, and then they're like, "Well, the message is probably true." You want? Oh, I'm just coming across this. Or maybe we could go into this for a little bit. So it seems like there's some overlap between uh, more than some overlap, but it seems like there's a ton of overlap actually between the QAnon, the Storm stuff, and the big uh, trend that was all over Twitter yesterday. Uh, well, I guess. Oh when, yeah. When I post this, it's going to be, I guess, the big Twitter trend that was all over. I guess that was uh, Friday, January nineteenth, which was the uh, release the memo. Yeah, I mean, this is like release the memo and QAnon are really like hand in hand. So the memo is, and this really, as you said, blew up really between Thursday night and Friday night. And so what we're, we're looking at is the Devin Nunes, who's the head of the House Intelligence Committee has written has sort of beclowned himself previously in the Russia investigation, has apparently written a memo alleging various misdeeds by the FBI and by the Obama administration. Now, again, this is written by Republicans, so it, it's like not exactly credible, but it's currently classified and some House Republicans have seen it. And so now there's this big push to declassify it. So already people are, there's all these like release the memo memes. And so hashtag release the memo. And, you know, people say this is kind of the, the start of the storm is once this memo is released and then we discover the true secrets of Obama and so on. 
Now has has the <laughs> the true secrets of Obama. <laughs> so has um has QAnon ever been more specific about something and found to be flat out uh like has QAnon been proved wrong by anything yet? No, I mean that's the beauty of it is it, it, it's really so so vague. I mean the uh you know, let, let's say in a year Hillary Clinton's not in Guantanamo Bay. Well, they'll just say, you know, it was some deep state treachery that, you know, tricked QAnon or something. Uh, like, this stuff is so vague. Uh, another example of QAnon's credibility, supposedly, is that he said before Small Business Saturday, he said Saturday in a post, and then Trump tweeted about Small Business Saturday. And so people said, well, Saturday, Saturday, you know, QAnon's got to be plugged in. So it really is some very tenuous stuff. Basically, if Trump tweets about a day of the week, he's sending a message to, <laughs> to yeah, his exactly. followers. Wow. I'm, I'm looking at it. Oh, this one seems to be a good one. All right. So apparently there was a QAnon post in November that said nothing is random. Everything has meaning. And then it has the plus sign three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And then it's have you seen this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Trump tweets out what seems like if you look at the time codes just minutes later. My visit to Japan and friendship with PM Abe will yield many benefits for our great country, massive military and energy orders happening. And then the plus sign three times in a row. And then this is spreading around as QAnon and Trump's tweet put together saying that either Trump is QAnon and that was his little secret code to all of us to let us all know that he's in on it and he's letting us know that. Or whoever QAnon is knew Trump was going to tweet that in a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And from what it looks like, it seems... <laughs> this is too funny. It seems like the image board that QAnon posted this in basically uses a different uh, time zone than what Twitter displayed as the Trump t- uh, time zone for the tweet. So Trump's tweet, if you look at it in the time zone when he tweeted it, and then the QAnon post, when you look at it in the time zone where the image board he posted it on displays their time, it actually turns out that Trump's tweet came first. (laughs) That is really... Uh, yeah, that is remarkable. Uh, you know, I'm starting to think this QAnon uh, is not really Trump or, you know, Dan Scavino. Mm. Yeah, this is all I had you on because I thought we were onto something huge. <laughs> and now I think this has all just been a huge waste of time. <laughs> no, but I do think I, the reason I real reason I had you on is because this stuff, I think, will spread even more. And the fact that any conspiracy just gets rolled up into this just to me means it'll have a very prolonged life. Uh, the, the memo thing to me is its own thing. Involving like Republican, uh, you know, Republicans being uh, conniving little, uh, conniving little <laughs> pieces of shit, and they're trying to portray this little this little four page memo that they wrote as something secretive and uh, explosive when they basically uh, wrote it, and they could obviously get it released if they want to, but instead they'd rather let people think that there's something more to it than there actually is because there's nothing there. Um, and you have that thing and it gets rolled up into this. So then this thing keeps going and QAnon continues to live. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you kind of need a like an endless series of you know intrigues and what have you, and certainly like our current moment uh, provides a lot of that. And and you know, I think Republicans and a lot of Trump supporters are going to be looking for counterfactuals as for why you know he couldn't get certain policies done, or why you know as the Mueller investigation rolls on, why it's really not about Trump. And so uh, you know, I think this thing's only going to get more popular. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, as we saw with Pizzagate, this can have, you know, real world, sometimes, you know, even violent effects. So it's going to be hopefully stop, but, uh, but I'm not optimistic. Yeah. I mean, when you have Sean Hannity tweeting out about it, how long did it take for, uh, for the Seth Rich thing to die down? And even then, there's still the Seth Rich conspiracy theorists out there. Oh, yeah. And, and, and honestly, they've kind of, you know, they've found a new life with uh, QAnon. Let's talk about some of these people who are connected to these conspiracies, because, they're 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 fun to talk about will yeah absolutely i mean there there's some wild characters uh there's liz crokin who is this kind of like used to be sort of a mainstream journalist and has had this reinvention as a, a leading conspiracy theorist person and and what you see with her and a lot of these people is this constant like shifting into you know whatever conspiracy theory is hot right now so she was a big pizzagate person and she stuck with it you know even after the shooting when a lot of the the, the the you know the fairweather friends of Pizzagate uh, abandoned it, and uh, and now she's she's pivoted into full QAnon uh, sort of l- lunacy. I had seen recently actually that she was talking about how she had some inside source who said that uh, that Sean Hannity actually wants to speak about yes. all these things. <laughs> yeah. So she yeah she said well you know I I know that uh, f- from the inside at Fox News that Sean Hannity really is he's a straight up QAnon guy he's deep into it and he wants to talk about it but after the Seth Rich stuff and the backlash he got from advertisers he can't but you know he's secretly red pilled he he's a QAnon guy as well so you know keep the faith <laughs> secretly red pilled yes exactly. <laughs> yes going by that i'm going to assume that he isn't red pilled because their whole idea behind the red pill is that that wakes you up Sean Hattie yeah, should now have exactly. the should now have the the strength and will that the red pill gives you to go ahead and just be be straight up and tell us all how it is every night at 9 p.m. on Fox News. I mean, exactly. I, I, I do believe that Hannity has certainly had to sort of lay low on some of the conspiracy stuff. But, uh, you know, then again, I, as I said, he's tweeting QAnon stuff, so maybe it is true. Liz, Liz Crocken has been – is it Crokin or Crocken? I, I, I'm not sure. Is she, she was a mainstream journalist, really? She had, she had some background in in, uh, in journalism that she's kind of parlayed into this you know pseudo legitimacy. That's am- I'm looking at her. She because she's I gotta say, it takes a lot to make people like Laura Loomer and like Jack Posobiec, whatever his last name. I can never say that guy's last name. Uh, and Mike Cernovich. It takes a lot to make them look like they're not the craziest ones in the room. And yeah, I mean, it's she, been, yeah, yeah. She does it. You know, she <laughs> she this stuff is out there. No, it's remarkable. I mean, her and and some of the the people, the Pizzagate people who are still around, like David Seaman, uh, they're they're uh, they, they they make as you say, Jack Posobiec and uh, and uh, Mike Cernovich that look you know reasonable, and it's like, well, well, these guys you know have their heads on straight, which of course in reality is not the case at all. <laughs> David Seaman, that's the name I've heard in a while. He's the one who really started the Pizzagate stuff, right? He was a big early Pizzagate guy. I mean, you know, all these guys kind of have to diversify their conspiracy theories and what their things are. And a lot of these people have gotten really into Bitcoin. And so that's kind of his, his big shilling thing now. Ah, the Bitcoin connection. Yes, exactly. Are there a lot of guys out there who, who, who I mean, I know what's his face. 
uh weave makes has, oh yeah has a ton of money weave is he was he was he was just like a uh you know, one of those classic 4chan shit posting assholes back like what like a decade ago and then mm-hmm. he he uh spent some time in jail because he uh found this uh AT&T page that was supposed to be hidden or whatever with all these like all this private information of cust- customer private information and i thought that was ridiculous but i mean I guess now that we really get the real weave, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, I think that guy turned out to yeah, people thought of him as this kind of like, you know, hacktivist or a guy who did it, you know, what they would say for the lulls back then and uh and he certainly turned out to be, you know, this real like virulent like anti-semite and all this stuff. Um but yeah, I mean a, 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 a whole lot of people really on the spectrum of the far right uh are very are deep into cryptocurrencies which, you know, given that they spend all their time on the internet doing kind of oddball things makes sense. Are there guys who came up in the Bitcoin world who who became alt right figures, or seems to be funneling just one way? I, I, I think it's mostly one way. I mean, certainly, like uh, you're, you may be familiar with Chuck Johnson. Uh, you know, he claims to have made some, some amount of money on Bitcoin, which is now how he sort of funds his various antics. I know the Daily Stormer has apparently a, a, a good chunk of change in Bitcoin, but I guess it all just looks weak and relative to Weave. What does Weave has like? He's like two million dollars in Bitcoin, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he's supposed to have a lot, yeah. Now, did this guy, do you know if he if he was just given this, like, uh, he was just a f- fundraised through Bitcoin early on and people would send this to him, send Bitcoin to him back when it really wasn't all that uh, uh, valuable, or did he just invest early? Well, you know, I, I do think there's an amount that I, that I think, especially the, the your white supremacist, right, has kind of got into Bitcoin a lot earlier than other people because it was, you know, uh, an untraceable fundraising mechanism. And so that naturally appeals to people who are kind of on the fringes. I mean, I guess we'd be remiss to not talk about our good friend Mike Cernovich a little more. Yes. Be, being that uh, as we speak, again, this might date the show a little bit, but this will be too fun to not discuss as we speak. Mike Cernovich has spent the day apparently caravanning all around Manhattan <laughs> like a nomad searching searching for shelter for his big a night of freedom. Is it night for freedom, a night of freedom? Just his freedom night party. Let's just call it that. His freedom night party because he had venues cancel on him on multiple occasions. Yeah, so so this was supposed to be a you know a big event for Mike and the the alt light or the uh, th- these guy what he calls the new right. So it was going to be him, Stefan Molyneux, who's this kind of YouTube guy, like slash Canadian cult oh, figure. Stefan Molyneux, let me tell you, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy, this guy to me, I think he gets overlooked a lot because he's one of those guys like a, like a Sargon of Akkad. Who mm-hmm. who really tried? I guess Sargon is another guy like Molyneux for people who may not be familiar with these two names. Uh, they're they're the guys who came up on YouTube. Their audience is completely on YouTube. They uh, some of them call themselves classical liberal. Uh, some of them call themselves libertarian. It all means the same thing. They just like the optics of the words uh, when they use it to describe themselves, and. Uh, they really try to back away from being alt-right or even right-wing at all. They're not right-wing. How can you call them right-wing? That would mean that they're, they, they have a, a, a one-sided opinion, even though they're out there saying that uh, uh, feminism is cancer and shit like that, which you know every good uh, progressive saying that about feminism. Uh, so, <laughs> so these guys have the, their YouTube audience. I think they get overlooked a lot, but I think... I think they're actually more dangerous than some of the bigger names. Like I think, 
not maybe Cernovich, but some of the guys who, you know, like a Liz Crokin, Crokin, whatever, uh, you know, the Jack Posiab. I can never say that last name. Why can't I say it? What is it? Posiab? <laughs> I, I think it's Posobiec. Posobiec. Okay. Jeez, I feel like Sam Cedar trying to say, you familiar with Sam? He, trying to, he, can, sure. he can never say Cernovich. He can never. <laughs> but I, I, Jack Posi, Posobiec. Ah, fucking Jack. That's what I'm going to call him. <laughs> So, um, you know, but these guys like Sargon and uh, Stefan Molyneux have huge YouTube audiences who, instead of consuming, you know, a full, a few 280 character tweets a day, these people are sitting there and listening to these guys rant on and on for three hours at a time, four to five nights a week. It's insane how that, like, what the words they say, their ideology, their beliefs, their opinion on things, just seeps into these people's minds. If you're, if you know, if you're listening to some one guy ranting on and on and on for three hours every night, then you're gonna be like, I believe everything this guy has to say, whether you realize you're believing it or not, because your brain is just soaking it all up. Oh, I, I, I totally agree, and I, I agree that a lot of these YouTube guys, I think get uh people miss the people who observe the scene and then it, that includes me uh miss them because it is just so unbearable to watch that much youtube content so stefan my connection with stefan Monu is early on i thought this guy was insane i would come across his videos and i thought he was crazy and then he uh clearly uh agrees and is full-on a men's rights activist uh again basically what that means in the most basic of sense it means you hate feminists and he went to speak at an MRA, um, an MRA conference, and I covered that MRA conference for the majority part when I was there. And Paul Elam, the guy who runs A Voice for Men, who's like the face of the men's rights activists, because uh, that site he runs is like the premier men's rights activists online destination. He had a problem with my coverage, obviously, of his little conference. And so we went back and forth online until we ended up having a debate. And Stefan Manu had uh, said terrible, horrible things about women, basically, multiple times. But one specifically that I came across that I, I grabbed onto, I clipped, was him basically saying how women are the reasons for, you know, all the terrible things in the world and they're at fault for everything, blah, 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 blah. And so when I was debating Paul Elam, at the time, I don't know if you remember that kid who, um, uh, what was his name? That that kid who went on like a shooting spree because he was lonely and girls didn't like oh, him. Oh, sure, yeah, Elliot Rogers. Thank you. Yes, Elliot Rogers. You know, there's so many of these fucking mass shootings and, yeah. and right wing names that I get all, it's all clustered together for me. So Elliot Rogers was in the news at the time, and I. Uh, wanted to point out to Paul Elam that he had Stefan Molyneux, who basically, his rants looked exactly, his rants were spoken words, were spoken word versions of Elliot Rogers' written manifesto. So when debating him, I said, let me read, uh, we were talking about Elliot Rogers, and I was saying how Rogers basically is a men's rights activist. And he obviously disagreed with me. And so I said, let me read this to you. And I read to him that Stefan Molyneux rant, and I said to him, what do you think that sounds like? And he was like, that sounds abhorrent. It's horrible. It's disgusting. And I back away from it and as much as I could. Like, that had nothing to do with it. And I was like, well, this is actually <laughs> Stefan Molyneux and you had him speak at your conference. 
and he looked like he saw a ghost because <laughs> he he just and that you know I always Stefan Manu will always hold a special place in my heart for that reason. I know I just went off on a tangent, but I just had to share that. <laughs> no, I mean, it, 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 yeah, as you mentioned, I mean these YouTube guys are really some of the the most bizarre people on the far right. And so Mike Cernovich was going to have this event with Stefan Molyneux and uh, Gavin McGinnis, uh, Vice and Proud Boys founder. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Mike shows up on Friday and discovers that the venues cancel on him. He goes looking for another one today that cancels on him. It seems as though he's found one finally, but, uh, it, it has certainly been a journey. Does anyone think that it's not, uh, a conspiracy against him that literally I would say 90% of Mike Cernovich's little projects he p- tries to put together end up backfiring in his face? I mean, it is. <laughs> it does seem to happen a lot, for sure. I mean, at some point, you have to wonder if you're just a bad event planner, or you're not meant for project management of your little online projects, or whatever. I mean, I'll give credit where credit is due. This guy crowdfunded a movie, and apparently, I haven't seen it, so it could be absolute shit. But he apparently has a, a documentary up on Amazon Prime. Gotta give Mike Cernovich credit for one thing in his life going right. Because what, we had we had his little crime and federalism uh, law blog. Did you ever read the wonderful writing, law writings of uh, Mike Cernovich? No, no, I haven't. The guy is very, you know, at first he was just your average, uh, I guess, uh, you know, sort of right-leaning, but not really crazy right-winger. Uh, more, I guess, libertarian-style uh law he was a lawyer he's a lawyer apparently and you know he would write about cases about you know the usual things that libertarians care about civil liberties uh uh black people uh being able to be <laughs> disenfranchised you know the fun stuff mm-hmm. and you know businesses able to to say they don't want gay people shopping at their stores because you know it's their right to do that who cares um and it suddenly became a site that cared a lot, like a lot, about helping men get away with rape. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if something happened in Mike Cernovich's life <laughs> that made him all of a sudden really care about men not going down in court for rape. It's <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to allude it's to something here. Yeah, I, I, I think he was charged with something, uh, you know, some sexual crime that was eventually pled down to something else. Yeah, yeah. And then he he went ahead and he started a uh, a juice site where he sold his various juices, and I think that obviously, as you can see from his career direction, didn't take off. And he had his PUA site, his pickup artist site, and that's sort of where he became famous. Play dangerously, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danger and play. Mm-hmm. And then he used Gamergate as his jump off to get big. And he latched on to Trump. And here we are today where he's got this uh, this this wonderful event going on tonight that I think, you know, if we were to have this conversation in 24 hours, I think it would probably involve um, a brand new video, uh, very reminiscent of uh, Richard Spencer's big moment. Which is the today's the year as we speak, today's the year anniversary of yeah. his big moment, his big video, where he got punched in the face. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right here in DC. Yep. So I think I think that's how tonight's gonna go. 
Yeah, I mean, we shall see. You know, he certainly does seem to keep uh, changing events. And, uh, you know, it's quite a lineup. In addition to the other fellows I mentioned, he has these kind of young guys who are like EDM guys named Milk and Cooks providing the entertainment. Do you know who that – I saw that name and I really was trying – I was trying to think if I was missed out on something. (laughs) So so I I was actually talking to a a, a younger person, some guy who's like 23, and he was like – he was saying Milk and Cooks are – are legit and uh, pretty good, so I don't uh, I don't really understand what's going on there. Hmm. So, are they like an EDM group that just happens to? I, do they know who they're performing for? Well, well, that's kind of been my big question. You know, what 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 is Milk and Cooks walking into here? You got to think their Twitter would somehow be aware of this stuff. I mean, who else is there tonight? You got Gavin McGinnis. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So Stefan, you have uh, Owen Benjamin, who's kind of like this stand-up comic but you know he says what we're all thinking and too afraid to say oh and, uh, yeah one of those guys yeah exactly i gotta say there was a point where i lost completely just any like belief in the the, the uh, flyers from mike cernovich's uh, events that are going around online that had the lineup yeah there's a point where i just stopped reading them because i guess vic berger started it but the fake versions that are out there with like dan Ninen. On yeah, the they got Dan Dynan and uh, and Wyatt Coach, the guy with the ugly shirt. <laughs> oh, the the Coke brothers' son. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Who knows? Maybe after seeing those flyers, they thought they were actually supposed to be there, and they just end up showing up. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Dan Dynan certainly loves just getting onto any possible comedy show. Oh yeah, I mean you know he'll yeah the the millennial comic you know he'll he'll do anything. I recently saw that he was performing at like a Bitcoin event. Oh yeah, yeah, and he did his classic. Uh, I mean, it, I think the video went wide because it was just him bombing like really bad. But he's reinvented himself as a Bitcoin guy, as so many people do these days. And uh, you know he he had this whole thing about how you know, no coiners, you know, people without coins. And, uh, you know, they're just bitter of Dan Ninen's Bitcoin gains. Wait, Dan Ninen's a Bitcoin investor? Well, I, I, I think he bought some recently and he ah! uh, branded <laughs> himself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, what's fascinating are, are these bits he's been, because he's also kind of been more moving into the right wing, which I guess made it not so unbelievable that he would be at the Cernovich event. But, you know, he gave this, this uh, comedy thing for a Republican in California. And he had this joke, and, and now keep in mind this was in 2017. It was a joke about that that aborted bombing in in uh, Manhattan a couple years ago. And he said, you know, well, I live in that neighborhood, and a bomb went off, and here I thought it was my Samsung phone. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, even this crowd is just like like just dead silent. Oh, so is that why I see all those jokes where basically it's a Dan Ninen type of. Uh set up joke like a fake dead nine in joke where people make up uh you know they write a joke seems like it could be any type of joke and then they end it with uh the samsung galaxy 7 exploding and the punchline is that it's a dead nine in type joke yeah exactly that's great i i remember watching that but i don't know if i stuck around for the entire thing because it just gets to a point where it's like he really is so bad I mean, it, it it really gets bizarre. The whole thing, and I, I think he left the stage at this point. Later, there's kind of like, you know, some people come out dressed as Antifa and, you know, beat up someone dressed as Liberty. And uh, it, it, it's a whole it's a whole wild culture, which is, you know, why I like keeping track of it. Uh, Will, you do great work over at uh, The Right Richter. And I want to make people know that it's not The Right Richter. I keep saying it because I guess it's hard to, to not say it. It sounds like there should be a The in front of there, but it's actually <laughs> rightrichter.com, correct? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, writerichter.com. And it's basically a site where you write as if uh, Conan O'Brien's sidekick, Andy Richter, was a right winger, correct? <laughs> well, that's a great idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, weekly newsletter and uh, kind of comes out. And, uh, you know, people like it. It kind of it's an easy way to keep track of this stuff. And ideally, in a way that's not, uh, you know, super oppressive and uh, makes you sad about the state of the world. That's always great because I'm always sad about the state of the world. <laughs> uh, if you want to read more about QAnon, go to uh, Will's site. You can follow him on Twitter at Will Summer. That's uh, your last name is basically the season summer, but spelt with an O instead of a U. Yeah, exactly right. So S-O-M-M-E-R. Yeah, I'm on Twitter where I also tweet about right wing stuff. And uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks for joining us. I, I hope, I pray that the QAnon thing remains where it is, basically uh, just just at the brink of uh, it being a laughing stock to everybody, not just the people who know about it, but not that it, it cuts uh, cuts across to the point where uh, people believe in it and they show up, I guess. I guess where would they show up for this one? I guess there is no, no place well, to show up. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, you know, it, it, it really could end up anywhere if the idea is that, you know, Democrats in the deep state are, you know, uh, stealing the will of the people and preventing, you know, Trump from achieving everything his supporters want. So, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it, it really is unpredictable in that way. I guess, actually, for all we know, Judge Jeanine Pirro, who apparently <laughs> spent her night uh, on Fox News last night in the uh, woods of Chappaqua looking for Hillary Clinton, which I, it sounds like I'm saying a joke, but that's literally what her, where she was on her show on Fox News last night. And that's why she was there. Maybe she has solved this QAnon thing and she's there to perform a citizen's arrest on Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if I had to pick a Fox News personality who's a QAnon person, I, would, I think Ginny Pirro would be at the top of the list. And I think that's where we should end it because <laughs> I don't know how else we can top Judge Jean Pirro believing in uh, uh, being QAnon. That would be something. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right, Will. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for having me. And a quick update on Cernovich's big night for freedom since I last spoke with Will a few days ago for this show. It seems like it did indeed go down after a cavalcade of venues turned them down. Uh, looking at the photos and videos of the event, it seems like attendance was good among incels, MRAs, and uh, divorced dads who spend their days blogging about family court. And what? Chelsea Manning? What was she doing? Anyway, Antifa did indeed show up to protest outside. Although, judging from what happened outside the venue, it didn't seem to be Crank T. Nelson super soldiers. More rank and file type. That's it for this episode of Doomed with Matt Binder. Please remember to subscribe. Please remember to leave a review on iTunes. We'll see you all next time on Doomed.